0: Welcome to season three of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I'm Garrett McMillan, a new sophomore on this year's Alabama baseball team, and thanks to our new NIL regulations, I can be paid a nominal amount to promote this podcast. A very nominal amount. Is there another word for less than nominal? Just stick to the script, Garrett. Okay. Tom and JT will be rambling on about SEC football again this year with a high lean on the Crimson Tide. Hey, have you guys ever considered I'm not bucking, you're bucking? Garrett, the script! Okay, here are your hosts, Tom and JT. Welcome to Season 3. Hey, welcome into episode 18 of season three of I'm Not Targeting You're Targeting. I'm half of your host team, Jason Tiffin, along with Tom Sims. What up? What up? Well, Tom, it was uh, in doubt. I had uh, I've got a very interesting story that we'll get to about. The uh, the Iron Bowl and the portions I missed and why I missed them that I think you'll find funny. Our, our listening audience will find funny. I'm already but, laughing. Yeah, the, <laughs> but, you know, there's some other stuff happened that wasn't very funny at all, trust me. But uh, you've got this title, Bama Sleepwalks Through Auburn, and it just, you know, it, it, is, it was 2014 LSU where we didn't do jack squat until we did jack squat. But let's don't spoil any more. I'll give you the commentary because I know we both have a pretty good – comments on the iron bowl i'm sure
1: yeah I'll, I'll keep the commentary pretty short and sweet i actually just have a, a couple of questions for you but before i get to that uh rest in peace cecil hurt mm. man that, that was terrible I, you know he i went back and looked at uh, when he started at Tuscaloosa News, he he graduated from the university in 1981 and immediately went to work there in 1982, which effectively means that I never knew anybody else in the position. You know, I didn't really get to... I, particularly in the 80s, without internet and that sort of thing, uh, we didn't get Tuscaloosa News in South Alabama. Mm-mm. You know, never, never, never heard of him, never knew what I was missing, honestly. But when I got to the university and the... Uh, uh, early nineties. That's that's the only person that I've ever known to cover Alabama football, and he did a just a absolutely wonderful job of it. And that uh, very very sad news. Sixty two years
0: old. You know what? What's funny is you mentioned that, and I'm the same way. We didn't get the the Tuscaloosa news here in Red Bay. But I remember getting the Tuscaloosa News. You know, Daryl was already down there, so he was—he'd always get the paper, and I would read his articles. And then it would say C. Hurt on page. You know, to, the, the first part would be on the front page. And it would be like C. Hurt, page three C. And every time I'd flip to three C. And I, I saw Hurt, I'm like, "Crap, who is out?" I mean, it took me forever to get used to his last name <laughs> being Hurt. You know, yeah, just, yeah. with injuries and all. But yeah, it was—it was sad, man. You know, he was in the hospital. I was keeping up with it a little bit on the chit chat boards and. One night, somebody said, hey, Cecil really needs your prayers, and that's never a good thing. And it just – he had some health issues. It was the pneumonia non-COVID, but it just – I don't yeah. know. It's, it's sad. And and what sucks is, man, if you could—if he could have just held on, oh, I would I know. love to have seen what he'd written about this game. Oh,
1: my gosh. Th- this would have been one for the ages for sure. Um, yeah, it, it was terrible, terrible. But uh, prayers to your family, Cecil. Um. We've had a lot of bombshell Uh, (laughs) um, coaching—not not not only rumors, but uh, facts—come out the last few days, and and just today, uh, this is this is not exactly what I want to talk about, but I'm leading into it. Just today, you got Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma, going to USC likely the year before they entered the SEC so that's a that was a shocker but there are a lot of big jobs open right now uh, Oklahoma front and center mm-hmm. Uh, LSU's up for grabs. We've got Florida. Dan Mullen got the ax last week. Did, did Dan Mullen get fired before our, our podcast last week? Did we talk about that already? Yeah,
0: I think we did. I, yeah, I just, man. It, they I, run together a little you bit. You know, Tom, we just don't talk about a lot of irrelevant teams and Florida had too many <laughs> losses. <laughs> that was just the bottom line. That's true.
1: But, you know, th- those are those are three off the top of my head in addition to a lot of medium-tier uh medium-tier openings. And one thing that I got to thinking about, who who in the SEC is the prime candidate to basically have his pick of whatever job is out there? What uh, Lane Kiffin? Everybody knows that. Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin is front and center in this search. And people can deny and he can deny, but you know his agent's working overtime right now keeping up with – who's going where and, and whatnot. Now, here's what I'm leading to. This is almost an identical situation that Dan Mullen was in four years ago identical Mm -hmm. he was he was at another mississippi school he was getting those mississippi schools to win games that they weren't used to winning he was had them in contention for for western division titles had them getting to big time bowl games i think mullen went 10 and 2 two times didn't he Uh, he
0: was the very first cfp rankings release mississippi state was number one
1: that is correct and so he he had it rolling and Would Mississippi State have fired Dan Mullen by now?
0: Lord, no.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So think about that if you're Lane Kiffin. Yeah, you could go down and take the LSU job. You could go and take the Oklahoma job. You could go and take the uh, Florida job. But guess what? You can go... Six and five next year at Ole Miss, and they still love you, and they're partying on the quad the next season, and we're we're gonna hope for another nine ten win season. Mm-hmm. You do that once, twice, two and a half times at any of these other schools, and you're out on your bum again. And now, Mullen is not a coach that people are tripping over to get, and he's mm-hmm. the same coach. He he's he now sometimes maybe you don't work as hard, but that's not always the case of these big schools. Sometimes it's just different. It's different. There's a lot of pressure. It's different to perform in different environments. You you've got to deal with different ingredients within the school, administrators, athletic directors, boosters. There's there's a whole laundry list of things that happen that uh, makes a program go round. And sometimes they just all don't gel together. But if you're Lane Kiffin. Anything he does here will not be about money. I don't know what Ole Miss is paying him, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure he lives comfortably in Oxford. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that I just drew that parallel. It just, just stuck out at me when, when Kiffin's name is getting tossed around. I was like, this is just almost identical to Dan Mullen. And, you know, fast forward four years. You, you might say that won't be me, but it's happened a lot. It's happened a lot.
0: Yeah, true. That's, that's a good point I hadn't really thought about.
1: Um, that's, that's all I had for commentary, man. Let's get into the games. I, yeah, I'm yeah.
0: excited for it. Well, well, do you want to start, or would you like for me to?
1: Dude, I don't know. I may be all over the place. You
0: Well, I, I sulked pretty much the entire game. I refused to eat. I was just infuriated that we were going to lose to Auburn, a team that is just, frankly, not that good with a backup quarterback. And I'm like, this is just – this is a house of horrors. Like, I cannot believe – we're gonna lose this game to this team, and Bo Nix on the sidelines smirking, and they're 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 mocking our touchdown, our Crane uh, Karate Kid Crane touchdown every time they do something. To the punter, the punter mocked our Crane, Tom. I, I, that's the, that might have been what set me over the edge. <laughs> so fourth down, and uh, we don't get it, and it's what 240, 220, two forty, two twenty, two something. Yeah, just <clears> over <throat> two. Right, yeah, left, yeah. and uh.
1: Yeah I think it was exactly two. We we had two timeouts. We didn't have the yeah, third one. Yeah.
0: And so I I don't remember if I left at that moment or if I if I waited till they till they uh down the punt on the 3-yard line for the second time in a row. But regardless, I left. I'm like we're we're out of here. I was in Oklahoma watching the game. So me and and Misty and Wink got in his truck and we left. And we dropped Misty off at the hotel cuz I was not too pleasant to be around. And so Wink and I, there's a casino right there across from where we stayed, and we're gonna we're gonna go over there. And I'm I'm just infuriated. I'm like I can't believe we lost. And Daryl calls me and he's like, Hey man, it's clutch getting the game to overtime. And I said, What what game are you talking about? He said, the Iron Bowl. I'm like, What? He said, How? And he told me how, you know he's like we scored. I'm like, You're kidding me. So we rushed in the casino, and I think it was the second overtime that we saw and i'm like oh my gosh you know we we sacked uh finley and they the backup kicker's got a 49 yarder i'm like there's no way he's gonna make this dude he bombed it yeah, i know it <laughs> and then we actually make a field goal down there with the jumbotron flashing in our face which is illegal if i'm not mistaken and then we get the two-point conversion and they get the two-point conversion and then we that we hold them out and we score and i mean you know a good time was had by all So, uh, but that – yeah, I I was a bad fan in a number of ways. And one was I gave up on the team. So, Saban would definitely scold my behavior.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, you called this several weeks ago. Now, this was back before Auburn went on their little losing streak. But uh, you called it several weeks ago. When we go to Auburn in a year, particularly when they're competitive, and we didn't think that was the case going down there. But there's just crazy stuff that happens. I mean, I, I watched that game from beginning to end. And it was like everything that could go wrong that you could draw up to keep a team that has no business being in a game, completely in a game, happened. Uh, We had receivers, I mean, Mechie is your number one receiver now. He was still getting open, but heck, he spent the first half, he had a great game, I think he dropped two. I think one of them hit him in the face mask uh you know just i mean two just multiple drops there in the first half uh how when have you ever this has got to be the first time ever is nobody's even thought to keep this step because it's so outrageous but how
0: i williams has to be the first receiver in history to get called for targeting <laughs> i i mean uh, outside of it outside of another special teams player i uh, i would agree i mean that's just that's crazy uh, we have
1: back to back drives I think they were back to back or they might have been separated by one but I think they're back to back drives in high critical situations and once our holder drops the ball and then come back and then Bryce drops the ball mm-hmm. to to end drives just drop snaps snapping the ball drop it it's I just there was nothing going on there and you already alluded to it. Their kicker was hitting 50%. He'd only kicked two field goals in his career prior to this game. And I say kicked them. He attempted two field goals mm-hmm. in his career prior to this game. He was one out of two. He made a 30 something yarder. His miss was a 25 yarder the previous <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah. And so he kicks a clutch 49 yard field goal in the Iron Bowl with just every, everything on the line for yeah. him. Had to know? have it we're down to two scholarship running backs and our starting running back goes out. We lose our best offensive weapon in Williams uh, in, in the first quarter or right at the beginning of the second quarter. And then uh, Robert, Robinson get, gets hurt and we're, we're playing a kicker that we didn't know that was going to walk again last year.
0: Yeah, we're playing a kicker that we've not uh, mentioned running here. back, yeah. That, yeah, kicker. <laughs> you got me a uh, kicker too. We're playing a running back that the la- the, when he had a wreck last year, the la- we think he's going to make it. Right. I mean, that's our starting running back. And probably yep. he's going to be against Georgia.
1: Yeah. And, and then we go on to have – and I saw this uh, – we didn't talk about this last week because I didn't see this metric. But I saw this metric – I don't know where I saw it uh, yesterday or, or day before, but um, we had 126 penalty yards on Saturday yeah. thanks to the lobbying by the Knicks family. But <laughs> – uh, they showed the last three times that we had been in in uh, in the Auburn Stadium. I, I never can't figure out how to pronounce it, so I just call it the Auburn Stadium. But the last three years we've been there, we've had more penalties and more yards than we have in any other game all year. Yeah, yeah, three times in a row. So don't don't give me that bull crap about the about the rest. That that was an egregious pass interference miss in the first half too. <laughs> That that was oh, that was gosh. a huge huge call at that time because what what needed to happen in that game and that and that happens in every game where you let a team hang around the longer they hang around the tougher it is mm-hmm. you've gotta you've gotta put some pressure on them early take them out of the game now I will say this and I'm I unless you want to chime in there I wanted to recap the game just a little bit
0: well let me all I want to say is. Is and I didn't play, <clears throat> you nor I played college football, and so when I when I say this, if if we have friends that are Ohio State fans or Michigan fans or Florida Florida State fans, they might say, ah, you just you, this is just coming from a Bama perspective. It's it's no more or less than any other rivalry game, but I I'm gonna make this statement that Auburn plays. Harder than any team in the country when we're at Jordan-Hare. And like I said, I can't prove that. But 99, T.D. Moultrie, he looked like an NFL defensive end. And I know we've had issues at right tackle. But we had not had that many issues. T.D. Moultrie has been trash for four years at Auburn. And all of a sudden, he just goes nuts. They they had a guy, I can't remember his last name, maybe Hall or something. He had three sacks. Mm -hmm. And I I just feel like, you know, and we have talked about – S- similar topics like this I understand Ohio State Michigan is a heated rivalry Oklahoma Oklahoma State Florida Florida State but I want to take I want to take o- Ohio State and put them in white pants white jerseys and numbered helmets and and pretend like they're Alabama and I want them to play at Auburn on a two thirty game after time change where by 5 o'clock it's, it's dark and I want to see how they respond and how they play because They play like they're on crack cocaine down there. It's just unreal. And I read an an article from Auburn Sports today that talked about, of course, it complained that we got away with penalties after we got 129 yards and like 13 (laughs) penalties. You know, there's a few that they didn't call, and they're complaining about that. But they said, you know, they talked about the effort level of Auburn. If you're an Auburn fan, you have to be furious that you don't get that effort every game because you don't.
1: No, not even close. Not even you close. I mean, you, you, just, you just lost to South Carolina the week before.
0: Yeah, and the only the, I want to talk about one stat: it, it, when they pinned us on the three, first and ten from the three, incomplete pass, second and ten from the three. When it was second and ten from the three, Auburn had a ninety-nine point nine percent chance to win the ball game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Luckily, they don't. They don't. Uh, they don't do many fractions down there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> SEC,
0: SEC shorts was clutched today. By the way, if you oh didn't yeah, see I did it. I did see that. That yeah, was great. <laughs> but I, that's really all I've got to say. I might comment on what you're going to say about the game. But well, feel free. I, I want
1: I want to say a couple of things about the actual game itself. You know, those those were all intangibles that I was mentioning a while ago. Those those just voodoo things that happened down there. But uh, first, hats off and and total and complete props to our defense. Yes, Auburn was starting their second-string quarterback, but that defense came to play. Tank Bigsby, the other uh, running back they have, they were non-factors, zero mm-hmm. factors. Auburn only had 159 total yards of offense. 159. That's a that's a that's doing. When your offense has carried you all year, the defense stepped up Saturday. And and kept us in that game all the way to the end till we could get something. And 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 let me point this out. I say they kept up kept them in the game. Really and truly, after halftime, when we come out after halftime, I felt like we we actually played pretty well on offense, but we kept getting those crazy mistakes that you only get down there in Auburn. Let's let's put it this way. The second half kickoff goes to Mechie, who inexplicably brings it out. We hardly ever bring it out. But you know why we brought it up? Because our starting receivers on the, on the uh, sideline for targeting. So, <laughs> Mechie's doing something that he normally doesn't do. He brings it out and gets stuffed at the 13-yard line. So, instead of having a reasonable chance to run your normal offense from the 25, we're backed up again, and, and like you say, they're, they've been – just all over the place in the backfield, so we punt deep, you know, on the first drive. Uh, We didn't get nothing there. The second drive, Bryce throws his first interception in 222 attempts, but after that, after those those first two mistakes there in the, the second half, we went... 12 plays 61 yards. We were in the red zone and that's when we dropped the snap on the field goal. Then we went seven plays 30 yards and we faced the fourth and two there inside Auburn territory and that's when Bryce dropped the snap and <laughs> turned it over. Next drive seven plays 46 yards. We got a field goal out of that. Next play seven yards, 44 or uh, seven plays 44 yards. That was the one row where we missed the fourth down and one with two minutes to go. And then our final drive, 12 plays, 97 yards, and a touchdown. So we moved the ball there in the second half. We didn't get shut down. We had some crazy, crazy stuff that happened there. But what a what a final drive there with no, no timeouts. I mean, <clears throat> Saban played it by the book. He did not get nervous. He did not call a timeout when he should have. He did not get... Over anxious and and try to force stuff, uh, you know he he did did what he does. He coaches a good game, and at some point you got to have your players play well and 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 overcome those mistakes and jitters. And and that that is that crowd was into it, and they had a huge effect on that game. Absolutely huge. I think I texted you Saturday afternoon, or actually it was Saturday morning because. Michigan Ohio State kicked off at eleven, which we'll
0: recap a little bit of that it's here. It a short. big noon kickoff, Tom. That's right. <laughs>
1: but that was a major crowd there. I, I I texted you before that anything ever happened that game. I said this Michigan crowd is awesome, and they yeah. were. But yeah. Auburn was the same way when when Bama got down there. Those two crowds on Saturday were by far and away two most intense environments you'll hardly ever play in in a football game, and it surprised me. Auburns did at least. I they they do play us like you know the pants are on fire every time we go down to Auburn. But uh, usually when they're six and five, they find a reason not to to do it the whole game. And that's that part of that is us not taking advantage of some uh, getting in the end zone and taking an early lead. If we'd have got out to a just a ten point lead in that game, that game goes oh, away. It's, in a it's, hurry. it's over. I mean, yeah. it's over.
0: <clears throat> No, you know, we, that targeting, uh, like Eli said today, I think they set up shop on the 28-yard line when they got their touchdown. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to score from that distance. You know, I, I really feel like if we get the ball on, on Georgia's 28 this weekend, I feel like we score a touchdown. If we don't, we're darn sure not going to win. I mean, we should. We're, we're prolific enough on offense. Most teams are prolific enough on offense to do that, and that's what happened. But, yeah, if we score – you know, we kicked off to them – and uh, and we went. They went three and out. We got a sack on about the two yard line. They punt and we go three and out. Like if we move the ball there and go up seven nothing, kick off to them again, they better do something or it's gonna it's gonna avalanche quick. But the 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 positive of winning the in the manner in which we did, nobody left the game. No Auburn fan left the game anyway. So they had to endure rammer jammer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's one more thing I would bring up in this game. Um... And this is something that they're going to have to think long and hard about going into next week against Georgia. Part of, part of what prevented us from putting points on the board Saturday was the total lack of being able to pick up a yard when it counts. Mm-hmm. And we keep running the ball ineffectively in those situations. Uh, there, there was a uh, second drive of the game, we moved the ball to midfield from our own twenty or twenty-five, and had third and one from from the fifty, and got stuffed. Now that was Robinson got stuffed. We ended up punting there. Then the absolute next drive was was a third drive. We had third and one, uh, somewhere in a similar range. Might have been across midfield. Pounded in there. Nope, no go. Missed that one. And like I'd mentioned a while ago, in in the second half. That, that one was fourth and one where we're trying to go for it at the end of the game and we run it again and get stuff. We We got stuff three times on third or fourth down in short yardage. And that Mm. same exact thing happened to us against Arkansas. And it's the same thing I've been complaining about all year. The only good thing we didn't do Saturday – well, heck, I I don't know. Maybe I had too many drinks. I didn't notice the fullback come out there. But, you know, (laughs) even when the fullback comes out there, we've been highly ineffective on that. Mm. They're going to have to consider, in my opinion, going to what the NFL uh, teams have been doing for years – on fourth and one. In the NFL those defensive lines are just so good. And if they know you're trying to run the ball, it's very tough to do it. And I I bet you the NFL rush to pass ratio on third one uh 1 to 2 yards is is probably 50-50 or yeah, more passing. Yeah. And I and agree. we just we need to implement that. We've got we've got one of the best passers in the country and when we're not called for targeting, we got a good receiving core in the country. So you know, I, it's worth it to me to, to, to throw the ball in those situations, particularly in light of the way we've been running and particularly in light of the defense that we're fixing to play. Um, that, that does remind me, too. Props to Billingsley fourth and seven on that final drive he didn't put it on the ground and oh dude, my gosh I was, going, and I was screaming don't throw it to stone
0: hands <laughs> hey, and not only fourth and seven dude i think he ran about a 15 yard route like he didn't hit the sticks which is smart <laughs> because the worst thing that you'll do at fourth and seven is run think you're eight yards and you're six yards and, yeah. and you catch it and you get stuffed but, and a lot I mean, of times they'll clutch. jump
1: those routes right at the sticks, too. So, yeah. there, there's some good There's some good to come out of that as well. But that was a clutch one. That was yeah. a clutch one.
0: Now, I think you're going to see more, especially if B-Rob can't go, I think you're going to see more Ja'Cory Brooks. And we're going to have to somehow – you know, I don't know if Bill O'Brien does not believe in the jet sweep or if we just don't, as a team, have someone that we trust to run it this year. But have we been running any jets
1: Mechie's run a few, Jameson's won a few, Few, uh, not, not a lot, but a few.
0: Well, I think we're going to have to incorporate someone in the jet sweep, and I'm like you, on third and one, third and two, go max protect, make a two-receiver route, go double tight end with a running back, and heck, throw, how many is that? That's five, six, seven, eight, nine, yeah, okay, so you just have one running back. And then put Mechie on one side, and or, or go twins, you know, go twins on one side, and uh, run run those combo, those high-low routes, and see if you can hit one. And just go max protect, go, go nine people blocking, or eight people blocking, two in the pattern, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, I, I don't,
1: and I, <clears throat> trust me, I don't mind. There'll be people jump up and down. It's third one. Why do you throw the ball 15 yards down? I would – the way we've been running it, just, just don't think we're a different team than we are this far in the year. We mm-hmm. talked about that last week. We are who we are. Let's throw it. We'll, we'll be better off for it keep that full back on the bench.
0: And I guess we're, we're probably going to talk Georgia as much just in general conversation as we will when we actually get to the topic. But, you know, Georgia is a much better defense than we faced this week, this past week against Auburn. But I'm going to tell you this, they're not going to play any harder than Auburn did. I promise you that.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that.
0: All right, so uh, we we recapped. I mean, we ha- we did three games of the week, and we can just quickly, we've talked about one of them already. Uh, we talked about the game, which is Ohio <laughs> State and Michigan. And, man, what an impressive. That's the type of football I like. You know, it was snowing. It, it should always be snowing at that game, regardless if it's at Ann Arbor or uh, Columbus. And Michigan's fourth or second-half possession <laughs> – touchdown 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 victory formation that they had five possessions <laughs> and, and Hassan whatever his name is Hankins Haskins whatever yeah. he ran all four yeah. touchdowns and if I'm not mistaken on drive number four the one that iced the game they didn't throw one pass <laughs> so it just it was hey Ryan Day we are about to play big boy football on you and they did and it was it was cool to watch and you know, I was happy for Michigan. I'm no Ohio State fan, and you know everybody's wanting to see Ohio State lose. Everybody's wanting to see Bama lose, and that's fine. That's part of being the king. But it is nice that that guaranteed Clemson and Ohio State appear. Clemson's definitely out, and it appears Ohio State outside of just absolute discombobulation, uh, Ohio State is out. They might could slip in there at four, but that would it would take the Big Twelve. Um the, it, it, Georgia would have to win and win convincingly over us for for us not to get in over Ohio State.
1: We'd have to look worse versus Georgia than they look versus Michigan.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then you had to have Houston beat Cincinnati and beat them pretty handily. And you got to have Iowa win the Big 12 and Baylor win the Big – I'm sorry, Iowa win the Big 10 and then Baylor win the Big 12. And then I don't, I still – and I don't know about Notre Dame. Notre Dame's sitting there 11-1. Do you keep them out? I mean, we know they suck, but – do you keep them out I, I don't know what you do but but anyway so uh bedlam i didn't watch any of that game we were at the blackjack tables and uh but you know the, it doesn't hurt in a rivalry game it doesn't hurt when your coach has one foot out the door
1: no absolutely not
0: when the coach you're playing i'm sorry
1: yeah and whether you knew it or not that definitely helped you know and and if you if if you guys had listened, oh, and by the way, the I listened to a little bit of last, I usually try to listen to at least a little bit of the podcast uh, the next day, just to make sure that sounds and all that are, are right, you know, and, it's, and last week's sound was awful, Um I tried to. I had a little bit of background noise on my end last week, and I tried to edit it out. And when I did, it, we we got a we got a poor sound quality, and I apologize for that. But
0: what are we paying you for?
1: I know for real. But the the thing that did happen last week, if you if you muddled through the sound effects, was that we did we did call out on here that Ohio State had not faced a defense in the Big Ten that was ranked in the top eight. And Michigan yep. was their first, and it showed up in in droves. You know they, they that that game got out of control, in, really in the first half. Michigan Michigan imposed their will in the first half, built a lead, and then I think Ohio State, you know, started moving the ball in the second half, but they could not stop Michigan, like mm-hmm. you said. They they just they played big boy football. Um, and you're right, yeah, Bedlam was one one foot out the door, and I didn't even watch any of that game. I was so I was so <laughs> mentally. <laughs> exhausted after the <laughs> iron bowl uh, i sat here and and, and and drank some bourbon with deb's brother mikey he was in town and his his bud dennis we played golf on sunday that was a story in itself but but uh <laughs> yeah we uh we we took full advantage of just the the post-game wind down so i didn't watch much else after that
0: yeah well let's move on to um uh... We're going to go over the games of the week. We'll talk about the three main uh, championship games, the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Big 12. And we'll touch just lightly, really, on the the two that are not the SEC. But, yeah, the season is complete, so we're going to go over our SEC East and SEC West picks and and who we have winning the SEC championship. And uh, one of us is going to be correct because you had Georgia and I had Alabama. But first, let's look at our East picks. Um, You had Georgia at one. You had Kentucky at two. You nailed it, brother. That's that's your one and two. Yep. You had Florida at third, they finished sixth. Missouri you nailed at four. Tennessee, you had at fifth, they finished third. South Carolina, you had at sixth, they finished fifth. And Vanderbilt, you had in the cellar, and of course they finished uh they finished in the cellar. Now my east picks, I didn't do so well. I had Georgia at one, and then I had Florida at two, they finished sixth. Had Kentucky at three, and they finished uh, two, so I wasn't too far off that. Nailed four and five, Missouri and South Carolina. Vanderbilt could not get out of the cellar; they couldn't beat Tennessee. So Vanderbilt seven, I had Tennessee or Vanderbilt at six. They finished seventh. Tennessee at seventh, and they finished third. Heppel and I know you know I'm I'm never going to go seven and zero in the SEC East because Tennessee is going to be in the cellar every year. I don't care how good they are. But Heupel, to finish third, I mean, I'm I'm impressed by him. You know, he could be a name that they're talking about for Oklahoma. And, man, what a kick in the gut if if he leaves for Oklahoma because that's the same thing Kiffin did. Kiffin came one year and then went to USC. So it would be be bad. So um, in the West, I'll let you discuss the West since you and I have differing opinions on how well you actually did. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well if you if you rewind our podcast back to this week i I, I distinctly remember spouting on there that I have an uh, order for the West teams and you, you kind of chuckled at me when I had Albert in last and and I said well just trust me that being last in the SEC West doesn't mean you're you're worth the last place team in the East. That's that's not even close. No, As a no. matter of fact, every West team is bowl eligible this year. Uh they all finished at five hundred or, or, or above. So it was it was tough. But I did have Bama and Ole Miss one two got those. Now here's here's where it diverges. Tiffin's going strictly off the posted standings, which is understandable that has Arkansas, Mississippi State and Texas A and M in that order I have those same three teams, but not in that order. But the reality is, they all finish four and four in the in the West. So they're all interchangeable in my mind. And for you, you're <laughs> you're you're a strictly by the book guy. But I'm, I'm taking credit there for those interchangeable records. The four four and four in my book in a round robin three way is absolutely a tie. So uh, I say I nailed the top five. And actually, I had LSU and Auburn as my bottom two teams in that order. LSU did lose to Auburn in a tiebreak. They both finished with the same record at three and five in the conference. Again, they're tied, but being head to head, I do I do see that LSU should be ahead of Auburn there. So, uh, I, I or Auburn should be ahead of LSU. Sorry. So I I do take credit for for not getting the last two correct, but pretty much I nailed it.
0: Well. You did. I had Bama 1. I nailed that one. I had LSU at 2. <laughs> they finished 7th. I drank the O Kool-Aid, man. I thought he was going to turn it around. I had A&M at 3. They finished 4th. I had Ole Miss at 4th. They finished 2nd. Speaking of Ole Miss, we'll I'm just going to throw this comment out there and we'll let it marinate with, with our Ole Miss and Mississippi State listeners. How sick are you if you're an Ole Miss fan? If you beat Auburn, that's all you had to do is beat Auburn at Auburn, and Auburn scored a field goal in the second half, and Ole Miss couldn't, couldn't upend them. If Auburn, if Ole Miss would have beaten Auburn, Ole Miss would be sitting at 11-1 and one with their only loss to Alabama, 42-21.
1: Yep, and, and likely would be – I mean, they're number 10 now. They would likely be the fifth, fourth, yeah. fifth team in the country right now. Yeah,
0: all they would need really is for Georgia to beat us and beat us pretty bad, and I think they would slip in at 11-1. and one. They would mm-hmm. be over Notre Dame for sure. Yep. So anyway, but you know, hey, didn't beat Auburn. I had Arkansas at fifth. They're third. And dude, have you looked at? Do you know how good it is that Arkansas finished third with the schedule they had? They had Georgia on cross cross division. I've t-
1: I've touted them all year. That's a good team.
0: They are. They are. That's
1: a good team.
0: I had Auburn at sixth, and uh, they finished sixth. I had Mississippi State in the cellar. They finished fifth. So you know, we were we got our top pick. Both of us got our top pick, and then which a lot of times the media does not do. And, uh, and you got the top two in the East and the top two in the West. Very impressive, Tom Sims.
1: And I look like the uh, team to beat in the is I have Georgia as the SEC champion. So yeah. I hope that don't come to fruition, but ugh, well, they sure look, certainly look good.
0: I had Bama at 11-1, 7-1, a loss to Florida, which we didn't lose to Florida, we lost to A&M. And then um, – and it, I actually had us in Georgia, you know, and then I had Ohio State beating us in the finals. Of course, that's not going to come to fruition, thank goodness. So, let's get into games of the week. SEC Championship game is going to be the premier game. It's going to be 1v2 or 1v3. I really feel like, and we'll talk about this, of course, when we do our rankings, I, I've got Michigan at two. Uh, they were five and they beat number two, and they beat them by double digits. So, I'm going to go ahead and jump them up. You know, it doesn't really matter. If we were you know if we win, we're number one. there there's no question about it. I don't care if Michigan beats Iowa by forty. If we beat Georgia by one point, we're number one, Georgia will be two and Michigan will be three, and that will be glorious because Georgia will have to play somebody and we will get to beat up on Cincinnati or Notre Dame whoever they decide to put in. But you know with with the Georgia game and somebody put this on a message board a few weeks back and I, I agreed with it. When I read it and really thought about it, I think Georgia's offense is better than people are giving them credit for, but I think their defense is, while it's outstanding, don't get me wrong, it is outstanding, it's not impenetrable. And who, who have they played? What's the best team Georgia – what's the best two teams Georgia has played? Clemson? Clemson. And, and who? Arkansas? Arkansas was a good win. Kentucky was, wasn't bad. You know, Kentucky's not bad. Auburn, you know, at one time was 6-2 and two and number 12 in the nation. A little foreshadowing right there. Uh, you know, I don't know what they were when Georgia played them, but they were – I guess they had one loss. They would lost to Penn State. They were 2-1, and 3-1, and one, whatever it was. To your, to your point, if
1: you go by today's rankings, uh, Arkansas and Clemson are, are just inside the top 25, I believe. Those are their, their two uh, –
0: two best wins on paper yeah and you know we've beaten Ole Miss which I guess is our marquee win so uh you know we'll see but Georgia's six and a half point favorites it's around three and a half four and a half last week and I think with our showing at Auburn it went to six and a half and I can't I can't argue with that line um they deserve definitely deserve to be favored and Vegas feels like that's going to get the most action on both sides because you know if Bama It'd be the first time we hadn't been favored over a team since Georgia, uh, two thousand fifteen. That was two weeks after we'd lost to Ole Miss. And of course, we demolished them there. And one one little one little side note. Of course, we don't have the team that we had in two thousand nine. Uh, uh, collectively, we might have probably have a better defense actually. But uh, you know, Golding has really taken some lumps, and on this very podcast, he's taken some lumps. But dude, we've been. Very staunch on defense the last half of the season.
1: We have, I, I think, I think our defense is is a little underrated. Um, they've been put into some tough situations. Uh, points wise, they're not. They're not uh, one of the top scoring defenses because when somebody fakes a field goal on you, or somebody returns <laughs> an interception for a touchdown, or sets up a short field, or whatever, those all points count against your defense, and and so they don't they don't show up on the stat line. But if you're talking about total defense, just total defense in the country, Georgia's one at two thirty, Bama seven, two ninety four yeah. per game. That's 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 reasonably good top seven. I'll take that.
0: Yeah, I have to feel like our offensive line will be challenged in practice. But the the kind of the relational angle I was wanting to take is the last time we were underdogs in Atlanta it was two thousand nine and I feel like Sabin Kind of, he would never admit this because this is not part of the process. But you remember, we went down to Auburn so much better than them. We had the Heisman Trophy winner for crying out loud. We had a Julio Jones. We went on there and we're down what nineteen to fourteen, mm-hmm. and uh, or 21, 21 to nineteen, I think it was, and then we scored and uh, or t- twenty one to twenty. I don't know. It doesn't really I matter. I remember a
1: field goal would have get us the win, but Saban made the point to go for a
0: touchdown. I think so. it was twenty one to twenty. And, yeah, we would have been 23-21, but we went for it, made it 26-21, and we went for two and missed it, and that was the final, 26-21. But, you know, we were all worried, and we went out and just put a beat down on Florida in 2009. And what did we do this year at Auburn? We slopped around. We didn't look good. Has he been working secretly on Georgia and felt he had enough gas in the tank to beat Auburn? Like I said, never admit it. The players never admit it. And it's not part of the process, but it does make you wonder because we – look bad at <laughs> uh, numerous parts of the game
1: well we did and and the six and a half point spread or whatever it is first time like you said since 2015 that we've been an underdog that's I think it's 90 some odd games that's a <laughs> that's a heck yeah. of a record 90 some odd games without being a, a an underdog in Vegas and that but,
0: includes the 16 17 18 uh national title games all both playoff games we made them a national title all three of those years and you know of course we went one and two in those years but we were favored over clemson both times and over georgia the one time so yeah
1: and yeah if you look through there i mean that's 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 going to every playoff game you play in every bcs national championship game you play in every new year six when you didn't get there to, that you played in uh, if you look at the stats, I don't have them in front of me. About the most top twenty-five teams played in the last ten years—that's us. That we and we've played more top twenty-five teams. Like it's like double the number, more yeah. than double the second-place number. So we've played more high-profile, high-ranked games in the past ten years than anybody. And to not be an underdog, but twice yeah. since two thousand and nine, basically. I, I guess we. I guess after the 08 season. When we uh, – in nine, we, no, we were, we were underdogs, we're to, underdogs Florida to Florida in the championship game. <clears throat> and that's the last time we were underdogs except for the Georgia this, two times.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's correct. And But getting to the game itself, you know, I, I've said this a number of times that when we – bottom line is when the ball kicks off Alabama, deep down we feel like we're, we can win. And Georgia, deep down, they're wondering can they win. They have great leadership. We, we've got Will Anderson as far as he's become such a vocal and emotional leader on both sides of the ball. They said he was really talking up the offense on the sideline on that last drive. They, Georgia has like five of those kids on defense. They just have a great team. They have a great collected group of individuals that have bought in and they're leaders and they love each other and it shows. But deep down, can they beat that numbered helmet? And that's gonna work in our favor. And Stetson Bennett, you know, he's gonna play, he's gonna start. And you know we he threw three picks against us last year. Man, if we can get an early pick, it can really get in his head. I think we can stop the run. You know they're they're they got a receiver named McConkey, Tom McConkey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean we just we just manhandled Samuel Shanker, whatever his name is. (laughs) So I think we can handle McConkey. (laughs) We shall see. But it's going to be a game. It's so weird. We can win this game. We can also get blown out, and that's very rare to say that about an Alabama team.
1: Uh, I would agree with that a hundred percent. And and one thing I will uh, disagree with you a little bit on. And I don't know that you actually offered an opinion, but you had mentioned a while ago that uh, Vegas has got that line sitting at six and a half, thinking that they can get the you know best money on both sides. Well, they cannot. At that line, uh, everybody and their brother's taking Georgia this weekend. You think so? Six and a half is way too little for the common. I, I've heard it just right and left already. That that every and I'm hearing that from Bama folks. You know, yeah. they're taking Georgia, <laughs> and I mean it's just it's. It, it from the eyeball test and that's where that's where your that's where most of your betters come from are, are their amateur betters or eyeball test guys Amateur's and so dude. yeah so so you look and, and alabama almost loses to auburn and auburn and looked terrible in the process it's not like we put up 45 and 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 auburn got some freak plays heck we didn't even score to the last 20 seconds of the game didn't score the first touchdown <laughs> so uh it from the eyeball test we do that, and Georgia went in there and just annihilated them. From an eyeball test, a week before in Tuscaloosa, we hung on to beat Arkansas by seven, and Georgia just pounded them into submission and never let them cross midfield. 37-nothing. I, mm-hmm. I, so there is a huge disparity in just going results, 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 which, I mean, heck, that's how that's – until you can settle it on the field, that's how you compare teams. Yeah. And it's hard it's hard to say that that's not gonna happen again. I mean that's that's what it's all about. Um I will say this though, if you if you do look at at the stats, and I kind of alluded to this a couple weeks ago, and I'll go ahead now that we've got a, a, a complete season under our belt to to really bring this home. I mentioned a while ago Georgia was number one in total defense and Alabama was number seven. And I I think you're 100% correct in that Georgia's offense probably doesn't get enough credit for what they do. They're, they're, they're the type of offense that we were running with Jake Coker – with Philip Sims, a lot of pound it in there and play action. You pound it and you're prepared for the run and you're stacked for the run and they, they hit you with play action. Their tight ends wide open for 15 yards mm-hmm. and, they, and they're not they're not doing 60 yard, 65 yard bombs left and right. They're they're methodically eating you up and down the field and that wears the defense out too. And if they can do that early, they do that all day. And so there's something to be said for that. But on the other side of that defense, on the other side of that number one ranking in total defense, 230 yards per game, Georgia's only faced one top 50 passing team this year. (laughs) Only one. That was Florida, who checked in at number 39. Every other team they've played – has been sub fifty. I I actually pulled these stats up right for the podcast, and it didn't even. It, it only listed the top fifty. So I don't know. Maybe they. Maybe the other teams are fifty-one through sixty. Yeah, I, yeah. I kind of doubt it. But uh, Florida is the only one that checked in in the top top fifty, and. You know, they they did beat beat up Florida pretty good in the last two minutes of the first half, but up till then, it's not like Florida was Florida was playing defense and not throwing the ball. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh yeah, and not Florida ran all over them. That didn't happen. But Florida was in the in the game yeah. in the first half for sure. Yeah. So the 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 bad part about this though, uh, because that number one ranking is is not just for show. I mean, they I just. Checked off a few teams there that we had common opponents and and they smashed them while we struggled in some of those contests. But one thing that does not bode well for us, and it doesn't bode well for us more after uh, Saturday's outing, they're fifth in the country in sacks. <laughs> we we <laughs> if we if we get if we let Jordan Davis in our backfield uh, like like Auburn's cats were in there, Bryce Young may not
0: play the second half himself. No, no kidding. And you know, speaking of Bryce Young, the Heisman's on the Heisman's his to win. With CJ Stroud not playing, you know, see, I think I think Bryce went back to the favorite today, like minus two fifty. With uh, with Bryce playing and CJ sitting at home, a win. If he if he wins, I think he wins it. Even if we get, even if we do five rushing touchdowns, I think he wins it because we're we we beat we slayed the giant. If he loses, but he has a pretty good number, say two touchdowns, 225 yards pass, and I think he wins it. If he throws three interceptions, I don't know what they're going to do with the award. You know, maybe they give it to Will, Will Anderson. I, I doubt it. But, it's uh, you know, it, it, we have exactly in front of us what we need to have, and it's just a shame we lost to Texas A&M because, man, the pressure would totally be off. And that's one, one thing I was wanting to ask. Um, <clears throat> if we had beat Texas A&M would Georgia be number one over us?
1: Uh, no, we would not have leap. Well,
0: I, I'm gonna say that's yes. That's a good question. I'm gonna say yes. Maybe
1: they they would have they would have only leapfrogged us probably in the last two weeks of the season. Yeah, uh, from Arkansas to Auburn, assuming all other results are the same. Yeah,
0: yeah, I uh, agree.
1: Because we had not really had any common opponents up till then except for Florida. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, th- this it's very possible they would have leaped us.
0: All right, so we're, we, we're 49 minutes in. we got a lot to cover. So we're going to get into our CFP picks. But the first thing I want to do, I want to read a quote from a national radio host. And I want to rant for maybe 90 seconds, and then I'll be done. The quote is this, they, and they is Cincinnati. They beat Indiana when they were still thought to be good. Rick Neuheisel said that, and that's that's as close to the quote as I can remember. I didn't write it down. I was driving while I heard it, but I'll read it again. They beat Indiana when they were still thought to be good. That's from Rick Neuheisel. Okay, what does that have to do with anything at all? Z-ray. You know what? We beat Florida when they were thought to be good. Georgia mm-hmm. beat Auburn when they were thought to be good. Cincinnati beat Indiana while Indiana was one-and-one. One. They lost to number 18 Iowa to open the, the season, and then they beat uh, unranked Idaho. Cincinnati won by 14. They allowed 24 points, so the score was 38-14. to 14. Indiana went on to win the next week versus Western Kentucky, 33-31. to 31. So after Cincinnati beat them, one week after that, Cincinnati was 2-2. Two and two. You know what they did their last eight games, Tom?
1: How many they win?
0: They lost them all. All of them? Every one of them. They finished two and ten. Unbelievable. Transpose this with, and this I'll just read my notes here. Transpose this with Bama, Florida. Florida Bama beat Florida, ranked number eleven at the time. They were two and zero, and that game, after that game, Florida beat uh, Tennessee, thirty eight to fourteen. Lost to Kentucky. Beat Vandy, forty two to nothing. Then lost four of the next five, and Mullen was fired. And then of course they they follow up and they beat Florida State. But like that, just that. Just boils my blood to hear New Heisel try to say, "Oh, what well, was well, you know that they're two good wins." Notre Dame, which I will give them credit, Notre Dame is ranked, even though I don't think they're worth a crap. They would be about fifth in the West, even though they be you know I'll, I'll give them that win. But tough Indiana, you know, since since Indiana since they need Indiana to count as something because that's another uh, P five team they played. Oh, well, when they played them, we thought they were good. What well, tough shit, bro. <laughs> you know, anyway. That's, a,
1: that's a, a non-water holding argument there.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right, so we're going to get in the CFP rankings. This is what I think the rankings look like tomorrow. And uh, not really, but kind of. We'll see. I've got Georgia one. i got Michigan two, as I alluded to earlier. I've got Bama holding at three. And then I've got Oklahoma State at four. Oklahoma beat a one-loss Oklahoma team in Bedlam. And I think that's your top four. I've got Notre Dame coming in fifth and Cincinnati sixth. And I do believe Notre Dame should jump Cincinnati. They had Michigan jump Michigan State, even though Michigan State had beat them on the field. So I think it's time to put Notre Dame above Cincinnati. So I've got Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Bama 3, Oklahoma State 4.
1: You, you always confuse me on these. So this is this is what I'm going to say. This is what the committee will do tomorrow. They'll have Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, and Cincinnati. Who I think should be in there? Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, and, drumroll, Ohio State. Who do I think will be in there at the end of the year? Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Notre Dame. All four. <laughs> Sucks. I, I, it's, just, it's just the way the cards are playing out, and I hate that, but that, that's what it is. And, and, and I was hoping you would ask me how I would have Ohio State at number four. Do, do you want to ask me about I, I'd, that? I'd,
0: I'd rather not. Okay, but would you would, do you want to tell us? Just tell oh, us. Oh yeah, honey. oh sure. I would You're love own, to tell man. you.
1: <laughs> I look down through here. The top ten, top ten currently: Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Ole Miss, Baylor, and Oregon. All right, outside of Georgia, Alabama, and Michigan, who I have one, two, and three. Is there anybody favorite of no. o- o- Ohio State in that list?
0: No, and that's what I've said all along. Yeah, they need to have a Vegas guy. They need to have a sharp in there in the meetings, and he can say, "Look, you can put Cincinnati at four, but just I won't let you know in a neutral field. Ohio State's going to be favored by fifteen over them. Just you yeah. know, just throwing and, it out there. And they'll cover. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> fifteen uh, may be low. And it it is. I'm ready to get to twelve, even though four has been very uh, generous to Alabama. But you know, if we were at twelve, this weekend will be nothing for us. I mean, it would be. You know, if we win, we get a bye. If we don't, oh, well, we'll go beat the crap out of some Cincinnati or SMU team that they put in there as a token, and then we'll get on to the real playoffs when it gets down to the round of 8 Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I will say be interesting to see what they do with Bama. Uh, gutty win, but I do believe Michigan jumps from five to two, and I, I think it's deserved. So, uh, recapping the bets, I went one and one. I had Ohio State, which was a loser. As you told me, 95% of America had Ohio State. And then I had Auburn. And I said, You can move on this game as it's already been played. And you can't, Tom, you can't cover 19.5. Well, I guess you technically could. No, you can't either. You can't cover 19.5 if you only score 10 in regulation.
1: That's true. I I agree with that.
0: I think I went 0-2 again.
1: I forgot to write that down. I I think I got – I think I I had my first 0-2 week last week and I followed up with another one. I believe I got suckered by Boise State. You did. You had Uh, Boise
0: State. Then you had uh, Penn State.
1: Yeah, I had Penn State I had both the Penn State, they had all their opportunity in the world in that game and never could put it together. But Boise, they sucker betted me. That was they were unranked and favored on the road against a ranked team. I take that yeah. again this week. You you never see that, but apparently Vegas missed that one. So yeah, I went zero and two. But I'm ready. Mm-hmm. To, I'm ready to rebound this week.
0: All right, who you got game one?
1: Game one, I'll take uh, Houston plus the ten and a half over Cincinnati. Cincinnati has looked highly impressive the last two weeks ever since they had that uh, head-scratcher game where they barely won. They went out and beat uh, SMU handily, took care of business versus East Carolina. But this is the toughest team they'll play, and I don't think they can cover three in a row, honestly. And I'm, I'm hoping maybe that uh, they can lose outright. I don't know that that's the case, but – Give me Houston plus the 10. That's the 10-point sucker line bet, too, guys. Yeah,
0: I had uh, I had them as my free pick. I I just, you know, the pressure's on Cincinnati this week, and we'll see what they have. I've got, unfortunately, Georgia at six and a half, uh, even though I picked Alabama to win <laughs> preseason. I just, I, I'm afraid that B-Rob can't go or can't go at 100%, and I just don't know how we're going to, we're going to have to get very creative to cover that line, and to win the game, and I just – I see Georgia beating us and, and Kirby getting the monkey off the back, but, uh yeah, we'll see. I'm, but Georgia, uh, six and a half. I hope
1: you're just like last week because you're, you're in with the 95 percenters again. I didn't have the balls to take Alabama, though, because Georgia doesn't look too good. <laughs> uh, but I did stay with that game for my second pick. I took the under in that game. Uh, talked about defenses there and, and – uh, Hours playing well, even though maybe the scoreboard hasn't reflected it, with the exception of the Auburn game. Well, even in the Auburn game with the four overtimes, they got a little inflated number there, too. But uh, so, so our number has not been our points per game has not been, uh, I guess, realistic based on how we've actually played in the game. And, and I expect their defense to show up and play well again. And they will be facing. A good offense that we just said, but not as good of offenses as we faced all year. So um, I, I, I say this thing comes in under the total. I just hope we can figure out a way to, to get our share of the score.
0: Yeah, maybe so. My last game is Oklahoma State minus five over Baylor. And if you're an Oklahoma State fan, can life get any better? You beat your rival. Your rival's coach goes to USC, and did you see the mass exodus of recruits today that committed to Oklahoma that all of a sudden, oh, we're undecided, and it just so happens that like three of the top 25 recruits that uh, backed off their commitment to Oklahoma, they live in the state of California. Yeah, we know where that's going. Oh, you know, Oklahoma State is just riding high, and they're, they're in the playoffs. If they win, they deserve to be in the playoffs, and I hope they knock Cincinnati out, so. So you got – we got um, Houston ten and a half. Georgia is a favorite under Bama, Georgia, and then OK State minus five. Tom, we're at 57 minutes and counting, so we're going to make it. And a quick question, Bama loses by three, let's say 24 to 21. Uh, Do we make the playoffs as a two-loss team?
1: I I, I think the playoffs are out of our control as a two-loss team. Uh, and let, I, obviously, if we win, we're in. But with the two losses, we we need help.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. It'll be interesting to see. Do they? Does the committee have the guts to uh, to suffer the wailing and gnashing of teeth of Cincinnati if we get the, if we get in at four or if we get in at three with a three loss? Because they're not going to put us at four and make Georgia play us again. Here, uh, here, here
1: let me throw <clears throat> a scenario out at you, real quick. Let's kay. just say uh, Georgia wins. Let's say Michigan wins. Okay. okay, but Cincinnati and Oklahoma State both lose. Oklahoma State's only a five-point favorite. That's that's not a realm of, dis, uh, uh, you know, possibility. Yeah. You. So, Georgia-Michigan win. Cincinnati-Oklahoma State both lose. Who, who do you fill in the playoffs with after Georgia-Michigan? Let's say Bama loses by ten.
0: Uh, I mean, Notre Dame's for sure in. Yep. And how many losses does Baylor have? Two. Hmm. It just – at that point, the committee has to say, look, Bama lost to Georgia by 10. Their only other loss was to Texas A&M when they were undefeated and uh, on the road at night, and it was a field goal game. You know, the last play of the game, Bama, Bama won, and I, I would go back to – if I was on the committee, I'd be like, guys, Bama could have blocked that field goal and returned it for a touchdown, and all, all changes in that game. No yardage changes at all. Uh, you know, the field goal, instead of being made, it was missed. Does that really change the game? So, if 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 Bama winning wouldn't have really changed the game other than a win to loss, then you don't count – you don't punish them for losing by three on the road. That's just my feelings on that. Of course, I'm a, I'm a bammer, but – Well, with that being said, we need to
1: be rooting for Houston and Baylor this weekend.
0: Yep, for sure. <laughs> All right, Tom, if, uh, you know, season's over, and I said about after the LSU game, I told myself – Win the Iron Bowl. Anything else is gravy this year because we just don't have the team. We might win the national title. We're three games away from winning the national title, but it would be one of it would be a a, a great feat by Saban if we do. But we just got through beating Auburn, which is always a yearly goal. So you remember, Tom, if you're going to hate Auburn, you have to hate early and hate often. Roll Tide.
1: Roll Tide, guys.